an indie comedy icon takes on a retelling of one of the most sexist films of the 1950s. But will this feminist reimagining be enough to redeem the source material or turn into another flop in this franchise's poster selling annals? Come with us this week on a barn size burning excursion. This is Kaiju versus History Attack of the 50 Foot Woman. Kaiju versus history. This is your slimy male character interfering in your life, Miles. And joining me is a cavalcade of new, interesting female folk adding nuance to this film, Patrick. Patrick, Hello. how are you doing this week? How's it going? Yes, indeed. Uh, looking at this week, 1958's uh, the remake of the 1958 film Attack of the 50 Foot Woman with. An HBO release from December 11th, 1990. Yeah. Remake of the same same name, basically. But I remember this when I was a, a child. We had HBO I, as a kid. I do remember this popping up on the little HBO magazines they would send and the, the previews. And I mean, even when you open this one, I, I don't remember this version of the HBO intro being the 20th Century Fox spoof <laughs> I, I i remember the feature presentation cool graphic that they would use but i i don't remember this this bit yeah this is this is an interesting one because i feel like this is an earnest attempt to make something out of a movie that like you said at the top of the show you know was certainly a poster seller but <laughs> that's all there is to that film and we get director christopher guest who is known for you know some pretty great movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and this at this point in, in this career, had he done Best in Show? No, no. Best in Show was a good good deal later. This is 1990. So he, this, so he had only done like uh, so, Spinal okay, so he Tap. Did, he did Spinal Tap and Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, although he didn't direct Spinal Tap, right? I think he just... He just wrote it, I wrote think. Wrote it. Oh, no. Yeah, he, so, he's just in. So uh, his... He had directed direct- the big picture with Kevin Bacon at this point and... Like good. The following year, the year after, he would do Waiting for Guffman, which is one of my favorite of his. Yeah, Waiting for Guffman is, is good. So it's weird. I guess this is like right before Guffman because it's ninety three. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and this this one was also, I believe, he also wrote the script for for this one. But no, uh, no, the screenplay no. was Joseph Dougherty. Yeah, I I kind of. <laughs> That that's what I was missing. It's like when I, when I heard Christopher Guest, I was like, "Oh, we're gonna get some hilarious dialogue." <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> no. Um. <laughs> th- this this movie is an interesting one. It's a, a, a spoiler warning. It's certainly much better than the 1958 original. It's um, hard have- not to. <laughs> better than that one miles you're not setting a high bar well for... i mean the thing is we we do have you know we even have a better person on the camera with uh daryl hannon in the titular role uh um, and behind she she was a producer on the film along with deborah hill who is a a, a a a producer a frequent producer of john, john carpenter so she produced Halloween and I think the the first two escape movies. Yeah, she did a lot <laughs> of, of Carpenter's films. And she's a great uh, creator in her own right. 
I guess before we before we dive into this this little oddity, Patrick, tell us what's in a title. Yeah, I mean, not a whole bunch. It is just a remake of the original Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman. Oddly enough, if you search for this on IMDb, the original will have. Oh gosh, I, I've written it out here, but now I I forget. I think the original will have shortened foot to FT and this one will have it written. No, no, no. This one will have <laughs> foot sh- shortened to FT and the original won't, I believe I, sh- I can just look that up now. <laughs> I can just, well, go yeah, so we got two posters here. One says FT and one says foot. Yeah, right. So the just Googling it. <laughs> oh no. For some reason, Google auto completed to attack of the 50 foot cheerleader. <laughs> I, I swear I'm not watching that movie. Yeah, so the this film has foot in IMDb shortened to FT on one of the posters for this. That is how it's differentiated. So I'm wondering if like that's how it's entered into like legalese uh, as a film. The original has foot written out, even though foot is also shortened on the original poster, I believe, <laughs> for for the 1958 film. Not a lot else differentiating this. This obviously didn't have like theatrical leases, so not a lot of other names for <laughs> the movie. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it is is a full remake of the original film. The tagline: "The story of a girl who gets mad, gets big, and gets even." Miles and well, one thing you mentioned: the poster. There is both kind of a the the DVD release poster that they shot which shows a scene from the film and shows the the character the 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 giantess character in in that scene but they also did recreate the classic original poster with kind of Daryl Hannah inserted and that that one looks really good and the, <laughs> there's a reason why that poster did so well we talked about that in the mm-hmm. original film it's just it's just like very dynamic but yeah, the one on the left is is I think what they used for the release on DVD for for this film. Yeah, not not a whole lot else for for the movie. Not not title wise. No. So this is this is an odd little movie. I'm I'm, I'm trying to figure out where, where I want to start talking about it because uh, it it does resolve like almost every problem I have with the original. In many aspects, I like the fact that they just they take out the goofy, like alien creature sequence from <laughs> the original. Yeah, well, they take out that one and they kind of add one in. <laughs> towards right. The they, they add that in as, as a um, as a f- I, I like I like it because it's almost like an answer to the first movie. It's where it's, where it's like, yeah, here this movie failed the the character in its first go round and 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 this one's kind of like trying to make up for that and does so in an interesting fashion but what's wild about this movie and i wonder if there was like maybe too many cooks in the kitchen because i feel like this movie knows what it's wanting to be but it's also trying to do several things at one time like on one hand it's very tongue-in-cheek from the way the music goes, from the made-for-television production of it all, to kind of mirror that 1950s style. Mm-hmm. At the same time, there are some legitimate like tonal shifts where it kind of like stops for a second and tries to like through dialogue give you the uh, kind of beat over beat over the, beat you over the head with the this is the mission statement of this film, 
and and it kind of gets weirdly serious, but in a way that doesn't mesh with the rest of the movie. Like yeah. it, 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 it knows what it wants to, wants to be, but like I think it tries to have its cake and eat it too, and and does so in a very messy fashion. Miles, I, I I'm sorry to to put a, a break in this uh, podcast. I just realized I I had a whole bunch of alternative titles for the movie that were when it was released in other countries that oh we, oh we have okay. to talk about. Yeah, I just didn't put it in the notes. The, the Swedish. T- for the movie was wow min fru are in sexy yate which is wow my wife is a sexy giant <laughs> also it, it was cold in, in greece and some other places like attack of the superwoman or superwoman's attack and Ger- germany not that crazy of a title but attack of the 20 meter woman <laughs> Which uh, I think it's that old, that old, the old the old metric system coming back to haunt just us. doesn't sound as good. Miles just doesn't no. sound as good. And um, yeah, I mean, for the most part, I think it, it was a lot of variations of 50 foot and 20 foot. But uh, let's see what Japanese was. <laughs> I didn't I didn't have this written down, but I think we should. <laughs> oh, well, this is interesting. Uh, Dariru Hana's no giganto uman which is daryl hannah's giant woman is the japanese dvd title interesting that this is like a daryl yeah. hannah presents uh yeah yeah maybe to differentiate between the the original one and yeah like i said she did produce this film and like i said i was lured into a a false sense of security with christopher guest directing because i thought that also meant he helped write <laughs> at the least punch up the script and no, not, I, not I, quite. No, not with this writing. Absolutely not. Uh, we also have the inexplicable casting of Daniel Baldwin. The, uh, he plays a great slime ball. I mean, you got to give mean, him he, that. He he certainly plays the dollar store version of his brother. Yeah. And al- always has. Uh, I mean, and very well. I mean, he certainly plays the the Harry character to perfect. Actually, no one's performance is really the problem in this movie. Yeah, I the think performance. I, I, well, Terrell Hannah I think everyone's. I think everyone's doing what they're being asked to do. Yeah. And the, sometimes the what they're being doesn't give them a lot, you know? No. And sometimes what they're being asked to do is a little silly. Like, so I like the idea that when Nancy becomes giant, it kind of breaks her out of her submissive nature. And she's yeah. got a little bit more of a anger uh, beneath her. She's certainly like a lot more, acidic in the way she talks to the authority figures, which is, which is interesting, but the way they do, it just feels so on the nose. I think I, I never really get a good sense of her character before no. or after the embiggening in, in the, yeah, movie, no, which... it, it certainly feels like this is who the, she is now. And this is who she is here. And we don't really get a whole lot of pathos for her throughout the movie. And I think that's a mistake. I think this movie kind of still fails the character, but in a different way. Yeah, I will they say give her a ton more than the original. The original, she is, you know, the the Nancy Fowler character. Is that the, no, <laughs> it's still Archer, but her her maiden name, I guess, her father's name was it was Fowler, played by Allison Hayes. She's great. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, I kind of understood the psychosis that Allison Hayes was trying to portray and being mm-hmm. like an alcoholic, and then like having no one believe her in in her story. Yeah, this this one, they do less of a like, oh, like she spent time in an institution. It's more that like, you know, we have this story that, oh, her mother had mental problems and they Mm -hmm. they just keep putting that on her. 
we don't seem to have uh, a case of, oh, it's ever been a problem with her. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of interesting. One thing I really liked is the framing device for this film, because we don't start this movie <laughs> with Nancy. No, I, I don't. I, I barely remember it because it's not returned to you at the end, which you no, so think that, they that, would. That is extremely obnoxious. But I like this whole thing as a presentation at some <laughs> sort of museum about the case of the 50 foot woman. Yeah. And I I really liked that. <laughs> it just seemed like they were trying to fill a couple more minutes of uh yeah, they, they certainly were and there's I think some a couple of like images in the museum of the the original film. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty neat. But I just don't like the writing is honestly what really fails this movie because oh yeah. I think Christopher Guest had a specific visual style he was going for from using the 50 style flying saucer and kind of keeping that camp nature to it. But the problem is, you know, there are parts of this movie that are so self-aware, it doesn't it doesn't really feel like camp, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it seems like it should be a comedy, you know? It should be like they're yes. poking fun at it, but they, they treat the original movie, Miles, with so much respect. Like, they, they try not to alter, like, Almost any aspect of that original film, they're they're really walking on eggshells with it, which I, I have no clue why it's so I, bad. I like the gender swap of the cop. Uh, yeah, Charlie, Charlie. Charlie. Charlie's kind of low key my favorite character in the movie. <laughs> Victoria Hass plays Charlotte Spooner, Charlie Spooner, and she's great. The 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 deputy uh, or, or the, the 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 main deputy is pretty good. Uh, he. She plays off him a good deal that we, we get the addition of Nancy's father in this movie who wasn't in the original film. I think he was already dead at that point. So she's kind of like a an heiress in, in the first movie. And Honey Parker is given a lot more in, in this mm-hmm. film and is a a much more interesting character played by Vet Vickers in the the original is kind of just like a, a one note joke Chrissy Conaway plays her in this movie and I, I feel like they probably should have had some more scenes together both her and Daryl Hannah as, as yeah seen, but... I mean it's they don't know what to do with honey because they make honey a character that has much more agency she's much smarter than the character from the prior film like she seems to know what's up but at the same time I guess it's it's that one of those things where like when you when you're when you can't help yourself around somebody, despite the fact that you know better, because she clearly knows why, she's why are smarter all these, than almost everyone else in town. Why are all these characters slobbing over Daniel Baldwin? <laughs> you know, right? Throwing themselves all over him for for whatever reason, and supposedly some more women that we we never meet in in the movie. But yeah, and I was because I, I went and looked up because I I love I love. There's a great scene between. Charlie and uh, Sheriff Denby, because mm-hmm. Den- Denby's played a little bit different. He's he's certainly got a little bit more of a a, a a wry humor to him. But there's also this really interesting, like, understanding of the way everything works. And there's a great scene where Charlie is asking him about the nature of love. And it's a really, really great scene between these characters that we don't spend enough time with. Like, yeah, I would have watched a, mo- a movie about, about these say, characters. Gr- great scene in like another film. It just it's so weird. But this is the tonal shift yeah. I'm talking about. This this you're right. This belongs in another film. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did look up. Yeah. O'Neill Compton, who I, I reached out to you. Like, I was like, oh, we, this man's a, a peer of ours because he also, like us, went to Wofford College. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's he's a South Carolina boy or was passed yeah, away uh, uh, fairly recently. Yeah. Uh, lived lived in and died in South Carolina. He grew up in Sumter and, and passed away in Columbia, which is not far from me at all. Yeah. Character actor, you know, probably played a lot of Southern folk <laughs> in. Uh, yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you, I, I originally looked him up because I, I briefly thought he was Hoy Axton, who mm-hmm. played the dad in Gremlins. No, no, different. They, they do look very similar. They do look similar because like the entire time I'm like, I have to look this up to make sure it's not him because I, every second he he's talking, I'm expecting him to bust out the bathroom buddy. And <laughs> but no, it was just a very, very similar uh, looking actor. Um, it's, it's a it's a lot of great character actors in this film. And we have the the doctor character as well, who, oh, gosh, I wrote down the notes, but who plays the doctor? It's Francis Fisher. Right, right. It's in our notes because one of the things that IMDb says is the actor had acromegaly, which is a a disease that, you know, like a pituitary disease that like changes your body's growth and like, you know, the early parts of your life, you know, like the 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 actor that played Lurch had had this and, and some of the other actors we've covered from 1950s movies were cast specifically because they, they had this um, uh, uh, growth syndrome, usually when they're, they're younger, but interesting to throw them in this movie about, you know, like rampant growth <laughs> of, yeah, uh, of it, a no, giant it, It's pretty funny. And, and in, in four more years, she would be in one of the highest grossing films of all time. Oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of the male doctor, Dr. Victor Loeb. Oh Uh, no, 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 no. Paul Uh, Benedict. Yeah. You're talking about the Theodore Cushing, Dr. Theodore Cushing. Yeah. She's the like psychologist for, yeah, she She is, she is a brand new character and yeah. Also doesn't get like a ton (laughs) to do in the movie. I feel like she's, She's almost like second narrator. <laughs> we get a lot uh, from Daryl Hannah's point of view, but also it seems like we're getting some some bits from yeah. Theodora Cushing's POV. Yeah, she would she would go on to be the adult or the elderly version of Rose in Titanic. Wow, is she? Mm-hmm. And at the time, as I was I was looking her up, she was married to Clint Eastwood. <laughs> That's crazy, but I mean, yeah, she's she's had a she's had a, a pretty interesting life and a, a pretty solid filmography. I think she was also in the Watchmen TV show. N- no, yeah, I don't yeah. remember exactly <laughs> who she plays, but I know she it, it's it's on her list of credits. Uh, she plays Jane Crawford in Watchmen. It's been long enough that I don't remember which character Jane is. <laughs> she's not the old lady in Titanic. She yeah, she plays be. she plays Ruth DeWitt. Look it up. I, I have to now because that's only three years after this movie. Was she under I mean, like a it, ton it, of makeup? I think so. That's crazy. I, I uh, really but, just thought that was an old lady. I mean, it's okay. So, no, I'm sorry. You're right. Who does she play then? Oh, Gloria's, she plays the daughter of the old. That's lady? right. She plays the daughter. She plays the daughter. Oh, okay. She's the second Rose. I, I'm sorry. That was. <laughs> I was going nuts. I was, I was like, no, no, sorry, way. sorry, sorry. I, I, I mixed the two up. Uh, yeah, Gloria Stewart <laughs> played old, old. So she plays the other old Rose, but she's not that old. <laughs> but, um, uh, she was born in 1952, so like 43, 42 here, somewhere in that 
range. <laughs> Older, we can say. But yeah, th this has a, a great cast. It almost didn't come to fruition, this film, because the first time that producer Roger Corman was putting together a remake of this movie was the 1980s. And they were looking at Sybil Danning to, to potentially play the titular giant role there are some that they, they took some promotional pictures to to tr try and work this out which showed up on magazine covers like femme fatales and stuff later but mm -hmm. yeah the, she was you know kind of promised this role which never got produced and then they went forward with this tv production and they never even gave her a call <laughs> so unfortunately you know daryl hannah stepped in to produce and and took took that key role or maybe it was offered to her first but daryl hannah you know not necessarily the height of of her popularity here but i think commanded the screen for for this film yeah i mean she's still um, a well-known name and and honestly despite the fact that the script is all over the place i think she delivers a pretty decent performance yeah, um, yeah. um it's it's difficult to to, to to really say because some of it requires her being so reserved and I can't tell if it's just the, the writing and if she's just committing to the to the bit that's being portrayed for her or there's some, there's some very bad line reading. <laughs> there, yeah, there, there, there absolutely Ooh. is. But I mean, I also think this movie does. I don't want to on a harp on it too much, but the movie does seem to have fun. It It's certainly not without its playfulness. It plays up the sexy nature of mm. the poster and taking, hey, we have a What's the a sex symbol, like an a legitimate sex symbol as our star? We should play with that, and they think I think they do that very well. You know, in a in a way that's both tasteful and provocative. Yeah, yeah, they uh, everything. If you if you look online and read reviews or previews about what this film was, did though harp on this having a feminist slant or a, a, it, it's built as a feminist retelling of the original movie and right i just don't see that <laughs> well, i don't see I, that I, in what we got on the screen i see i see the effort i think it's an extremely clumsy attempt and perhaps maybe having a woman write the script would have improved things who who would have thought I, that that's actually the one thing that was kind of going through my mind was like with the barbie movie this year being so popular and and, and proven so well <laughs> received yeah Imagine just giving this to a female director or a female script writer and allowing them to take those actual themes of, you know, I mean, this is this movie is about gaslighting. <laughs> this is gaslighting the movie. It is gaslighting uh, the movie. The, the original film was also about that and, you know, taking it and running with it. And like, I mean, just the 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 base kind of metaphor of her enlarging and, and becoming larger than these little men that she's surrounded by that uh, there's so much to work with that this, this film doesn't really do. And unfortunately probably this won't happen again. I, I just don't see this being remade anytime soon, but who knows uh, to what you're saying? I do. My favorite scene in the movie is the one that stuck with me from when I watched this as like a 10 year old or whatever, which is the bathtub pool scene. Yeah, which is a very 100%. evocative, very sexy scene where they're they're using the the setting of this this giant kind of ranch mansion in the desert in, in some fun and inventive ways. The, the barn, I don't think we talked about too much, but it is just a great prop 
for for the film. There's some good miniatures built throughout. We get to you know see the city at the end, but the barn and in the bathtub sequence were were a lot of fun. And like you said, it, it remains sexy, but it also has been in my brain just because they utilized it so well mm-hmm. in like size yeah. wise. Uh, you know, everything in the barn sequence from like how she uses like the giant barn, like street lamp, you know, to like read these like little teeny paper documents and everything is is sized very well, which, you know, is a breath of fresh air from the original film where we barely see any of of the giant character, you know, when when she's in that form, the the end of the the first movie is like five minutes long, <laughs> like all the giant attack scenes of of Nancy. Yeah, her her being giant, it definitely takes up more of this movie, which I I I appreciate. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and, and when she's giant in, in one part, they just show like that big paper mache hand in the original movie. <laughs> that's that's about it. Is that's all you get? Uh, did you have a favorite scene or something that worked for you very well? I'm trying to think because I was, I was going to mention some stuff that I thought was odd. I actually, I do like the stinger ending. I think it's pretty yeah, fun. It's, I think that joke works. And again, it's, it's the movie that I, that the people thought they were making. I don't know. The movie earns the ending that it gets, but mm-hmm. I like, I like, I like that finish. Yeah, it, it is. It is out of left field. It's so weird, but it, at least it's not a super downer where both, Nancy and Harry die in the original movie, and then it's like credits. I guess, I guess that's the end of the movie. <laughs> we yeah. don't really have a lesson, they're just both dead. This one, I mean, it's a beautiful ending, and you think they're going the same way where she dies and is like splayed out on the electrical wires. It looks really cool, like they do some some very neat stuff with, with her death sequence, but then yeah, what. <laughs> The ending is so weird. It's like multiple men have been abducted by the the femme Giant aliens, lady aliens, and um, are so put in like a, this, a uh, like a doll's house almost. This this ending honestly also feels like it's from a different movie. It specifically feels like it's from like a full moon pictures because I think they had a couple movies that were similar in nature where they had these kind of erotically charged science fiction movies mm. and. It's it's very, very silly, but I, I do have to mention, I think what I disliked the most about this movie is its nonsensical score. This this yeah. score was done by Christopher Guest, Michael McKeon and Nicholas Pike, all of whom have gone other on to score things very well in other movies. Not this one. This yeah, movie reminded this me is not Spinal Tap. This is no. This is like <laughs> no. What, what's I'll, a I'll, less I'll, cool Spinal Tap? I will tell you exactly what this sounds like. It sounds like the stock music that was used in every episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh yeah, it was like that. It's totally television kind of background filler music, which is sad <laughs> because you know you. There's just nothing to it. There's no character. It's yeah, just there, it's there's... like here is this whimsical little. I feel like there's so much they could have drawn from but you know like 1950s kind of like b you know uh sounds that that they could have gone with but yeah they oh boy it it is gross (laughs) in the the early 90s-ness of of the uh the soundtrack and it's i guess it's fine if they would have like left it in just the intro where they're like introducing characters and stuff but yeah it does kind of perm 
permeate it's, through the it's film. It's pretty awful, and it honestly, it really, it's distractingly bad. It drags the film down. Yeah, the you mentioned. I think the actors are fine, but the the their delivery of some of the lines are, are what kills me. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like some of them, though, maybe it's not the 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 scriptwriter uh, was it Doherty's fault because that they, they sound like there are some very fun and hokey lines and are just not performed very well. Uh, for example, I've, I've, the ones I've written down is when she has the giant hyperdermic. Yeah. 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 Yep. Like, exactly uh, so what's in this amazing colossal spike, which is, you know, obviously a, a fun, a, a fun turn of phrase. Yeah. But she, her delivery is just so deadpan and she kind of like threatens the doctor in that scene. And it's not, which, not at all. Good. I like what they're trying. Again, I like what they're attempting to do, but I don't think they're doing it. Well, there's another sequence where, She's, you know, comparing herself to Gulliver and is trying to get Harry to like stay with her and says, you know, like, there's a whole world of pleasure that you're not even thinking about. And he snaps and he's like, Do you want me to get a wetsuit and a flashlight? <laughs> and it's yeah, just, it's just so bad. <laughs> because I, I, what's wild is like, I didn't think that she was specifically talking about that one thing and <laughs> no that's what i think what she's talking about and he's like are you insane it's it's a very it's an awkward conversation to, and and then with a really awful punchline that that whole sequence is bizarre well yeah and, the whole and, that whole dinner scene is bizarre yes it, like i said it, it feels like this movie wanted to be comedic but it just ends up being absurdist like she punches the the van that he's like having his dinner on so they can be kind of like on the, a similar level. And mm-hmm. he like, <laughs> he like backflips off it and lands on his and lands on his feet. It's so weird. It doesn't feel like, you know, Christopher guest is really taking the movie like super serious, but in other aspects, like the script is taking it super serious. So yeah. Yeah. There, I mean, as far as the legacy for this movie goes, there have not been other you know, full on faithful remakes of Attack of the 50 Foot Woman after this movie. But like I said, I think this does a very good job in representing that original movie. If you haven't seen it, I feel like this is a good way to it's kind of the best version of, yeah. of that movie for sure. Like even this, even though this doesn't hit the mark more times than not, it's still better than the first one. I mean, we, we gave the first one a pretty low score, if I'm not mistaken. I gave it a six. You give it a four podcast total five, which is, you know, not good. No. <laughs> it, I think it's the definition of a, a five out of ten. The character has loomed, you know, large in pop culture before this, after this, after this. I mean, just in the last 10 years, it's been like five four or five different knockoffs and parodies and, and pornos <laughs> with, with the giantess theme. So yeah, just, it, it's such Z grade stuff. It feels like it's never going to be remade again, <laughs> especially after this one probably wasn't super popular. <laughs> it actually, I feel like it's gotten some good reviews here and there. Yeah. I, I think people have been mm. certainly kinder to it. It's got a four, like four stars on IMDb. So maybe not, maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm uh, speaking at a school. So See how letterbox does letterbox. Uh, uh, letterbox is like a five out of 10, 2.6 okay. stars. So l- a little better. So what about you? What's your, what's your personal, personal enjoyment rating for this film? I really enjoyed it. The, the first time I went through it, I enjoyed this as a kid as well. 
it probably has been a full 30 years since I watched this movie because I did get a DVD release, but it's just not a movie that's been around, you know, I think part of it is it feels like a television production, which obviously it is. But like, I mean, if you think about like HBO movies now, <laughs> you know, like those are full fledged film productions, I guess. It was a little different uh, growing up in the the 90s. But yeah, I I remember as being kind of a silly movie and it it looked very good for its time. And yeah, I don't recall if I knew that this was a remake because I don't think I was aware of the 1958 movie when I was a child. But I mean, regardless, like we said, it's a large improvement over that original. And I don't think we're doubling (laughs) our original score in any way, shape or form. But I'm giving it a a seven out of ten for personal enjoyment. It was fun to revisit. I will I will say that as bad as it was, it's just like the original movie. It's kind of so bad. It's good. (laughs) What about you, Miles? Yeah, I'm not really in the so bad. It's good. I, I think there are some some really solid moments. The movie is fun. It's certainly a lot. It's a huge step up from the original. And I I appreciate that. I appreciate the effort. However, there are a lot of the technical issues and really just kind of a general vibe issue that 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 do sink this movie a little bit for me. But it's I was kind of struggling, but I'm going with a six out of Mm ten, which is still, I mean, a pretty solid score. Good on on, on our. Yeah, it's it's baseline. Good. Interesting concept. And I think that's where this lies. It's an interesting concept. It's the correct attempt to read this story, but I, I can't go any higher than that. I I have a good enough time, but it's not one that I'm going to be going out to see anytime soon. What about its technical nature where, where it lies on so that scale? It's technical nature is, is kind of half the reason the personal enjoyment score is so low. I think that the script being all over the place is, what sinks this movie mm-hmm. couple with like you said a couple of bad reads i mean the 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 cast isn't bulletproof but they're they're pretty competent but there are some weird reads that i mean it, it makes this movie's tone all over the place and it makes it a weird watch coupled with an awful score it it, it it's it's sadly over kind of supersedes how solid a lot of the technical like special effects achievement are i I like how they Mm -hmm. replicate the style of the 50s but still making it look kind of modern i liked uh the framing of the movie i liked how everything had this kind of fun drive-in feel from the color correction on on the movie to the costume choices to make everything pop a certain way to Mm -hmm. make it feel kind of like i'm watching a cult movie even though i'm watching a new movie there there was just about all the good elements of the movie i think were you know, in some way, shape, or form, because of Christopher Guest. <laughs> yes, uh, really. Which he had taken a pass at the script as well. Yeah, it's it's extremely well directed. I think there's some great, great, interesting choices there, but the everything else kind of weighs down the movie for me. So I'm sticking with a six uh, mm-hmm. because of that. Because despite the fact that the movie looks good and I mean has some really enjoyable special effects, like there's so much of the movie that gets dragged down. Because of the script, the score, and just the tonal whiplash that you get. Yeah, the, the score didn't 
bother me as much as as it has in in some other movies. It's definitely it's so it's, weird. <laughs> it's not a highlight at all for the film, but uh, it does. This movie does get a lot of points for those special effects that you you pointed out. I think there's a lot of script upgrades, mostly in the addition of new characters. Mm-hmm. This movie Absolutely has like a full 24 minutes more than the original film, which is like crazy when you think about, but they, I don't know. I think they do a good job of filling in some of that time in in that script. And like I said, I still don't know if we're chalking up some of the unevenness to the script or to the characters or, you know, or directors, you know, putting it to, to the, the film. Mm Mm-hmm. I do really like the ending. I think it's a very fun and, and welcome to change to to the original. So much though, I was gonna give this a seven. I'm upgrading it to an eight out of ten because I, I I really do think that if you are going to watch one of these two movies, you watch this remake, and it's mostly for some technical changes that they they made. Yeah, that being said, it, it is <laughs> it just it does feel weird. It feels weird looking at this movie. 30 years later through through this lens 30 years later and maybe at the time this was kind of like a cutting edge you know feminist manifesto but uh, right now it just feels feels so superficial feels so kind of boilerplate mm-hmm. you know is feminism like not being gaslit by every man in your life is that like the bare bones definition <laughs> does this movie pass the the Bechdel test miles i don't think so i feel i feel like they're still talking about either her father or harry in in the film for for the majority of it that being said for my evocative uh score for this movie um i enjoyed this a lot when i was a kid like i said as as a movie maybe not as a remake but i i feel very similar to where this fits as as a piece of art or as uh, a couple movies ago another american film that is is going back to the 1950s the honey i blew up the kid movie i'm giving this and i gave that one a six out of ten for its evocative nature this does very well to kind of uh, take that original film and try and translate it to to the modern era maybe too faithfully so because like i said i feel like they could have changed a lot with nancy's character and gotten away with it you know people would have mm-hmm liked this Nancy <laughs> a little bit more as it stands. I mean, they're both fine, but I, I felt more for the original Nancy, <laughs> you know, uh, what yeah. about you? What about you, Miles? I, I feel kind of where you are. I, I, I this is certainly an improvement. I think it's, it's the version to watch. I think, you know, it's, I think kind of hit the nail on the head by saying it, it, it attempts to be a, a feminist interpretation of the story, but it it's very superficially so because in the way that it just kind of pauses to kind of give you like, OK, and here is the point of the movie through some some <laughs> choice dialogue. So it makes it makes it awkward. It's 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 helpful that she is big most of this movie, but it doesn't really feel like a kaiju movie. It certainly feels like an old 50s American sci fi movie. Even, um, I mean, there's a lot more kaiju action like she- she punches a helicopter, which is, her hand just kind of bounces off it. Which I yeah, was funny. yeah, punching is punching is a strong word. <laughs> I, I, I'm 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 sitting where you are. I would say about a six out of ten. Okay, so 
I, I think we're kind of split right down the middle there. My final score is a seven and yours is a six out of 10, but we, we do round down, I believe if not, I'm reducing my, my technical score just so we can <laughs> to, to where I think this movie does fall for, for us both, which is a six out of 10. Yeah. I'm the pretty happy. I, I, I feel this movie is, is, is good, but like, it's just that it is right now. Just one point over the, w- w- where we rated the original film, which I, I'm, I'm like, maybe it should be I, a little higher, I, but I mean, my personal rating is, is much higher than the original film. So, oh yeah, you, you've went up two points and I've, I've gone up and I'm, I'm satisfied with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just so interesting that this project came about and didn't get a theatrical release. Just seems like something that they would want to put, you know, the, the giant woman on the big screen. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe if they gave it a little bit more money, yeah. because if this movie popped up in theaters as is, it would have probably not done very well oh, no. in, in reception. I mean, cause this is the, 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 the budget seems better than a lot, some television movies, but it's about where the HBO TV movie production was. If you've seen the uh, really fun cast deli spell movies, uh, one's got, I think Fred Ward and the other, I can't remember who plays the detective, the HP Lovecraft detective. It's very, very fun movies, but they, they had a couple around that time and they're around this kind of budgetary style. It, it certainly wasn't what we know HBO for now in terms of their original content. Right. Quality <laughs> concerns. Uh, may, may, maybe, then. maybe, maybe they'll hit up a uh, Zendaya for a, a new interpretation of this one. Uh, one, one thing we didn't mention, but I, I, I posted to you before we, uh, we started here was <laughs> comedy central had a making of the remake of the attack of the 50 foot woman special, yeah. <laughs> which was yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> well, hilariously. You can find commercials for that special a half hour special online, but not the actual special itself, which is uh, maybe lost to the ages. <laughs> I was just looking for anything about the, the making of, of this movie. I would love to see some interviews with with christopher guest uh, perhaps talking about it but yeah it just it didn't didn't quite resonate and maybe, maybe that is why like i said we don't get any new attack of the 50 foot woman things uh for for some time <laughs> but uh we, we've already talked well, which, about how there's there's just so many knockoffs and parodies that that do come out eventually um I don't think we can we can cover them all because this is already kind of kaiju adjacent. <laughs> I don't think we should cover them all um, but, because uh, it, it, it does devolve into the exact opposite of a feminist <laughs> interpretation where it's like, oh, yeah, attack it, it of the regresses. Pam girl and centerfold and every, every variation of some sort of playboy model. Yeah, well, Roger Corman, after this one doesn't do very well, does produce in 1995 attack of the 60 foot centerfold. So. A 10 foot taller miles is a taller woman <laughs> and great uh jim wynorski in in uh in 2022 does do the attack of the 50 foot cam girl which is oh boy <laughs> oh boy that doesn't sound good miles oh no no it does not and yeah the the don't ask us to do any more of these movies because like I said, the uh, deck of the 60 foot centerfold, not it is like a, a, what are they called? 
I mean, in Japan, they're like pink films, but in, in the U.S., they're softcore pornos, which, yeah, uh, not really HBO's thing. It was more like, yeah, a, it was more of a Cinemax. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's Some Showtime. I think, I think, Red wait, Shoe which one Diaries. had the Red Shoe Diaries? Well, what was that on? I think Showtime. That sounds right with old David Duchovny. David Duchovny, yeah. <laughs> I think I think I watched that credit sequence like every every now and then because it's so bizarre. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but very fun. Right. So, 1993's Attack of the 50 Foot Woman. Uh, we're given a six out of ten. Tell us if you ever remember watching this movie. It, email us at kaiju versus history at Gmail on our social medias online. You can find us at kaiju versus history Twitter. Blue Sky, I guess not Facebook, but on Letterboxd, you can find our account and our reviews in five-star format. So this one, uh, six out of ten, would get three out of five stars. And and look at our watch list of films to see what's coming up. And yeah, rate, review, or show, comment if if you liked this episode or if you liked this movie and, and tell your friend what you thought about us. Tell, tell your friends about the podcast. Uh, Miles, please tell us we are doing something more interesting next week. <laughs> something higher. This is I, this has been our lowest score in the 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 nineties so far. I I can't make any promises, but thank you, Patrick, and thank you, listeners. And we're gonna catch you next time when we return to Japan for one of the few Toho Kaiju movies with absolutely no connection to Godzilla at all. That's right. Next time, tune in for. History versus Orochi, the eight-headed dragon. Oh.